Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. An important moment for Chinese diplomacy. Two and a half months after switching diplomatic ties from Taiwan to Beijing, Honduran President Xiaomara Castro embarks on an official visit to China at the invitation of Chinese President Xi Jinping. During her six-day trip, both countries unveiled the Honduran embassy in Beijing after China inaugurated its embassy in Honduras last week. A large Honduran business delegation wasted no time in getting a data debt with their Chinese counterparts. Now, Honduras is signing 19 cooperative documents with China today, including a memorandum of understanding on joining China's Belt and Road Initiative. So what does President Castro expect to accomplish by visiting China so soon after switching to Beijing? What does it mean for the Latin American country, China, and the province of Taiwan? What message is the U.S. likely to take away from the trip as Central American nations one after another ditch formal ties with the island province. Welcome to a special edition of The Point, an opinion show coming to you from Beijing. I'm Li Xin. I'm pleased to be joined from Wuhan, Central China, by Renato Penelope, a Brazilian entrepreneur and researcher from Shanghai, by Niu Haibing, director of the Institute for Foreign Policy Studies at Shanghai Institutes for International Studies, and also from Shanghai by Professor Joseph Mahoney, professor of for politics and international relations at East China Normal University. Gentlemen, welcome to The Point. Let me go to Renato first. Um, as I said, her visit happens uh, actually sooner than most other countries which have cut off official ties with Taiwan. For instance, uh, uh, nine countries have uh, in total switched diplomatic ties from Taiwan to Beijing since Taiwan leader Tsai Ing-wen took office. And this time it took the uh, Honduran president only two and a half months to come to China. Why do you think she made it happen so soon? Well, basically, what we're seeing it's a election promise. Like, so she's fulfilling like the project that she proposed uh, during her election. Xiomara promised that uh, like she would fight corruption, she would fight poverty, and she would change the diplomatic relations with China. And that's the step she's doing. And like from this change of diplomatic relations, she already opened new doors for business to flow and uh, for this like new situation of learning how to fight uh, poverty as she was like well like stressing um what we see here is like she's searching for investments on in infrastructure she's changing like also looking for exchanges of technology on the farm and like open market for their farms too uh we got to remember the seven percent of the population of honduras is in the poverty situation so she's like really willing to find these conditions of uh, dialoguing with China, build conditions to make this transition. Well, what we see also, it's like in the region, we have like this, like most of the countries that still not having uh, diplomatic relations with China in Central America and Caribbean islands. So Honduras can be changing the whole like uh, region, like it can be open like a new trend in that area and also like getting closer to the break banks and like she already applied for it. So mm. it well, seems like a sign from the developing nations. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that uh, in greater details. I mean, the new development bank, but uh, I want to read out a tweet she sent out before she embarked on the trip. She said, um, 
and she said in, in, in Spanish, uh, the translation would be, at the invitation of President Xi Jinping, I will visit, she said, with special mission, the People's Republic of China from the 9th and 14th of June 2023. The refoundation of Honduras demands new political, scientific, technical, commercial and cultural horizons. Um, Professor Niu, how do you look at her expectations for this trip when she calls uh, to visit China with a special mission and also opening new horizons for the country? What do you think she's expecting on this trip? Yes, uh, I think this Twitter message is clearly uh, expressed her expectations of his, her trip to China. Uh, as he mentioned with uh, Shanghainese, Shanghainese officials, she explained clearly uh, what is a special mission. Uh, she said uh, her trip is going to uh, have uh, development opportunities for the country. Uh, I think this is a key message uh, because uh, Honduras has many uh, trade partners, uh, including the U.S. and the Taiwan, but they can only offer uh, some kind of aid or loans, uh, but not the real development partners. So she wants to have China as a strong and comprehensive development partner. When she mentioned the other dimensions of the relationship, the science, technology, politics, uh, I think this is her new vision to reflections of the country's previous development model. She mentioned that in the new development bank headquarters, uh, she said the country's old path cannot help the country to overcome the challenges of the poor, the poverty, and the lack of the development opportunities. So she wants to uh, look for other successful stories, such as China's development model, to have more uh, lessons to learn. Uh, mm. to help the country to go a uh, sustainable path. Professor Mahoney, let me go to you. You are also uh, living in Shanghai. As uh, Professor Niu just said, actually she did quite some, uh, she had quite a itinerary in Shanghai. She visited the headquarters of the BRICS-led New Development Bank. She visited a research center of Huawei. Uh, why do you think uh, the itinerary is arranged in that way instead of coming to Beijing first um, to remind our audience when Brazilian President Lula da Silva visited China he also went to Shanghai um, as a very important stop what is the significance why so well I, I don't know why she stopped in uh, Shanghai first uh, in, in uh, Lula's case he was uh, Attending the inauguration of the NDP with his uh, old ally. So, uh, but I think the key word here um, in her tweet, go back to that, I'll link it to your, your question to me. This term refoundation is uh, a key term for her. It's uh, refundacion, is, is one of the key words in, in her uh, par political party name. And so, in so much as we talk about uh, China being in a new era, uh, in a new era driving towards uh, uh, reaching the, the high point of national rejuvenation. She is also trying to express a new era. You know, they had, uh, they had diplomatic relations with uh, Taiwan going back to 1941. 
And uh, it's clear that that uh, Honduras has been stuck in a in a development trap, in a poverty trap, and it needs to uh, really establish uh, a, a, a good, strong relationship with uh, China. Uh, it has a strong relationship with the United States. It continues to have one, but it needs to have a strong relationship with U.S. with China in order to uh, uh, have uh, the benefit of of being strongly connected to the two uh, the world's two largest economies. Now, I agree with my colleague who said that um, what she really needs is more investment. Um, and she's not uh, seeking the sort of uh, political oversight or the sort of conditions that are now being imposed uh, by the US. For example, don't use Chinese tech, don't use Huawei, uh, so forth and so on. She's also interested in the Belt Road Initiative. She's interested in infrastructure development. These are the sorts of projects, again, as my colleague mentioned, that uh, the United States is not capable or willing to provide, but also uh, like uh, Dilma Rousseff, uh, the current head of the NDB, uh, the former president of Brazil, uh, she's a leftist. And I, I think she uh, sees some sort of common cause and, and, and seeks uh, solidarity with this new institution, the NDB, uh, because uh, she's, she's optimistic that it can help her country uh, develop and escape uh, this cycle of poverty and crime. Renato, what is your take of uh, the fact that uh, Honduras, on the very you know, first trip of its president to China, actually uh, mentions it wants to join the BRICS-led New Development Bank? What do we know about this bank and the motives behind which that uh, Honduras is talking about this application? What does it mean? What does it say about Honduras' uh, aspirations for this bilateral relationship? That's actually an important question. Once uh, what we're seeing from the Lula visit and now from Silmar Castro visit is that Shanghai is becoming, because of the NDB Bank, a new multi like uh, multicultural center for this multipolar like based institution. So the BRIC banks is becoming a new way to finance a new way of modernization. So the Chinese modernization is finding an open path for new institutions in a new like global order to be open. I don't think it's a global order to dispute, but like to have choices. As she well spoke in the conversation with Juma Rousseff, and like, she said that they are looking for a new way to finance development without bringing them or guiding them to misery. And that's one of the passes that institutions, financial institutions from the past used to transform those countries in development. They used to propose like conditions and um, ways that like you would not guide them like for a sovereign like nation or like even for a real development, but for conditions of like more impoverishment and more trouble. So I think the NDBs opened this pass and like Juma Rousseff there as a new president of this new development bank is open and new process of development for the world where nations has options the south south relation and the south nations they have these conditions to build up uh, uh, and especially as like my colleague before said like we are building ways of like taking Honduras to like out of poverty so they are looking for that. That's mm -hmm. one of the key points that they want to work on. Mm -hmm. Renato, let me stay with you because you are from the region. How much is her wishes, her ideas for the vision shared by the people of Honduras and by possibly other countries in the region who are considering similar balances, who are faced with similar challenges of poverty, for instance? Yes, actually, this is like a, a, a old dispute in South America. We've been like suffering from this poverty and this like 
subdevelopment conditions for quite the generations. And we also like suffer a lot of influence for our big brother in the north. So like uh, this condition has been coming from uh, cult and dogs and like other conditions from the past as the state of Honduras has suffered in the past. So Castro, she comes from a tradition of resistance of trying to change the country. So in the 60s, when they have the coup d'etat, and like she got into politics in the 70s, and then again with her husband in the beginning of 2000, 2000s. So she's been building up this momentum of changing. So like her position, her like proposal, her actions here in China really represents the willing of its people. And the whole region is trying to find this past for quite long. So it's slowly you're seeing South American countries taking the same lead. Take, for example, Paraguay, the leader of the, the last election didn't win, but he was also proposing this change of status in the relation with, like, uh, with China. So I think there is an open path for a new like, way of globalizing. Like, those nations in the South-South, like, especially Latin American nations, they own CELAC, CELAC dialogue with China. It's gaining strengths and nations like Honduras is guiding and pushing other nations to see this as perspective. Mm -hmm. And as my colleague said before, it's not that they're denying US or like competing US, they're just choosing the best conditions from themselves. So there is more options now for All like right. our development and um, we yeah. will embrace that one. Hmm. Professor Neil, let me get to you. What exactly can diplomatic ties with China bring to countries such as Honduras in terms of development, in terms of growth, in terms of poverty alleviation? We were seeing pictures, uh, footages of uh, banana growers, uh, coffee plantations and so on and so forth. But right now, bilateral trade is um, actually quite small, 1.6 billion US dollars, and uh, China is exporting much more than it is importing from Honduras. So exactly what kind of opportunities are there for the Honduras economy? Yes, I think the diplomatic tie will, bring, will explore the great potential between the two countries. Uh, even just uh, established the diplomatic tie, there are some uh, uh, early profits have been achieved, uh, such as uh, uh, Honduran products, uh, coffee, banana, has been uh, open to the Chinese market. And uh, with this trip, I think there will be more institutional arrangements uh, come out, uh, like the bilateral FTA uh, negotiations, maybe, and also the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, these institutional arrangements will bring more attention from both sides to focus on the uh, all sectors' cooperation. Uh, I, I think the Chinese uh, enterprises will uh, help the country uh, by increasing investment in different sectors of the country. Uh, even before the diplomatic tie was established, uh, there was some uh, uh, investment of China, Chinese uh, companies in the sectors of energy, uh, uh, digital uh, infrastructure. Uh, I think these things will continue, but also more investments will go to the tourism, uh, ports, uh, highway, uh, and also this kind of things. Uh, the investment will help the country to enhance uh, its export uh, capacity to China and will um, make the uh, invest trade relations more balanced. What, what does 
having diplomatic relations with Honduras mean for China and Chinese people? I think this is also uh, important uh, from the other uh, perspective, uh, because uh, for, for China, uh, Honduras is a great civilization and also a very attractiveness of the tourism. And it is also an important country in Central America. Uh, you, as you know, uh, there are many Central American countries are still maintaining ties uh, with Taiwan. Uh, so with more and more uh, countries from uh, Central America to establish a closer tie with China, I think uh, more countries will follow this, like the uh, Panama has done. I think Costa Rica, uh, these two countries have given a two good example uh, for for, for the uh, regional countries. Have those countries which have switched ties from Taiwan to Beijing, have they reaped benefits from um, diplomatic relations with uh, Beijing? I think uh, the President Castro is following in the previous successful uh, examples uh, like Costa Rica and uh, uh, Panama. Uh, these two countries are, are, are being the very dynamic uh, relationship uh, with China. And they, they have been attracted a lot of uh, investments and business opportunities to the countries. Mm. So I think these good examples encouraged uh, President Castro to make the strategic decision mm. to mm. establish diplomatic ties with China. Mm -hmm. Professor Mahoney, now some media, some international media are saying that uh, China has managed to quote-unquote lure away nine of Taiwan's former partners with a campaign involving billions of dollars investment of investments. For instance, CNN writes that China has spent much of the past 40 years attempting to isolate the self-ruled island democracy by chipping away at its diplomatic allies with offers of economic support. How do you see it? Is that an objective and uh, um, a fair way, accurate way to describe uh, Beijing's intention. You know, I think it, I think it, there's a lot of mixed messages here. On the one hand, um, you know, China is looking to have positive relations with all countries in the world. Uh, this isn't a zero-sum game in terms of uh, Chinese uh, diplomacy. China makes this clear again and again. Uh, also, China is seeking positive uh, economic relations with the countries that it has ties with. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the case, it's certainly the case, as uh, Professor Neil was saying, that uh, countries in Latin America that have uh, uh, established diplomatic relations with China have seen benefits. But it's also the case that uh, China did not go in and suddenly make these countries rich. You know, so there's there's this argument that there's this uh, dollar diplomacy, but then in fact, um, we don't actually see China making those commitments or, or actually uh, spreading money around that way. We see China making uh, strategic uh, investments that uh, will, will pay off in the long term in terms of win-win scenarios, but also in terms of you know being able to serve projects like the Belt Road Initiative or the BRICS uh, Development Bank. But the other issue is, you know, if we look at um, the, the Taiwan issue, uh, it is in China's interest to cultivate ties, positive ties with countries 
that would otherwise be uh, recognizing Taiwan as an independent country. Uh, we know very clearly that Beijing is opposed uh, to Taiwanese separatism uh, and, and opposed to uh, Taiwan being recognized as an independent country, as Honduras formerly did for 80 years. So um, that that is, a, that is a diplomatic win. That is in the interest of Chinese sovereignty and security. And um, uh, But I don't think we have to look at it as uh, something that was purchased. In fact, uh, both sides have made it clear uh, that there were no preconditions. And, you know, when I was looking at a lot of the press, one of the things that I was that I was trying to ascertain is that we know that the ties with uh, Taipei were broken, but we also know that Honduras is uh, a member of a free trade uh, group involving uh, Taiwan. And I've seen no reports that that has been uh, disrupted. I've seen no reports that Beijing has insisted that that be disrupted. Um, so it, it could be, a, again, a win-win-win situation at this point for Tegucigalpa and uh, likewise uh, uh, China. So, Renato, help us understand your uh, understanding, basically, of the situation in the future. Uh, there will still be economic ties, cultural ties, informal ties between Honduras and Taipei, but in terms of uh, diplomatic, in terms of official ties, there will only be one government representing the whole of China, like the 182 countries in the world have done. Um, again, 182 countries recognizing Beijing versus 13 countries still remaining, which recognize Taiwan officially. Uh, what is your take on the situation going forward? Yeah, my take is exactly what you're putting. Um, I, I think I see a change on the political status, but the economic status tend to remain the same. As my colleague just said, like, economy must keep flowing. Everybody's looking for, like, give a new dynamic to the economy. So we have a new chapter in this relation between Honduras and China to facilitate a new sort of business, to open business. Like, I think the world is coming through a crisis that precede COVID, like we come from 2008 and now like with COVID. So this process of crisis is still going. So the niches need to cooperate more. Belt and Road comes as an offer, like as a condition for that. And like, I think those nations, when they solve this, like uh, this principle, they start to open new channels for new discussion. The the secretary of the president of Honduras, he like defined pretty well. He said like, we hope to be open a, a hundred thousand years of good relations with China so we can prosper it all. Like, and again, as my colleagues has been putting, it's a win-win situation where everybody's building up a new economy, economy that needs to flow. Uh, we are all been suffering a lot from the decouping or destroying decouping and this is destabilization of political situations. So this is a good sign for the nations of the world to like to find new paths, to build up and, like, and to from this point like build a new economy. Well, the United States is definitely uh, not very happy to see the Honduran president uh, in China. Actually, that was before the trip was made, before she uh, won the presidency. Um, she was the U.S. Department of State actually warned about so-called unfulfilled promises from China. Um, Professor Neil, what kind of implications does the opening of relation, official relations with Beijing have for the United States in the region? Region. What is the U.S. fearing losing now? I think the United States is feeling very disappointed about this decision. Um, but uh, it also feels it is losing influence to China in the region. Uh, but the key point is uh, it is not because of China and because of the uh, regional countries. It is because the U.S. policy towards the region. I think that's the key point. So I, I already say some American analysts 
they are saying that the U.S. should reflect its own policy to the region. Uh, what because, what is the because, U.S. policy in yeah. the region that are causing what you're saying now? An example, yes, for instance. Yes, especially to the to the country of Honduras, uh, because the, the biggest concern of the U.S. is uh, uh, migrants from the country to the U.S. because the country's poverty and violence. Uh, so the U.S., especially the Biden administration, want to help the country out by uh, giving more money to solve the uh, deep roots uh, reasons. Um, but but one year passed, uh, the U.S. administration spent too much money in the Ukraine war field, but less, very less money to the to the country. So this is a key point. And the other is why the president Castro refused to attend the summit of the Americas in the United States because it didn't agree with the U.S. sanctions policy towards Venezuela and Cuba. So I think there are many difficulties between the two countries. Finally, Professor Mahoney, what do you see China seek in that region in Central America and the Caribbean and in Latin America as a whole? Because the United States is fearing that China is competing for influence for that region, which the United States considered to be its backyard. So hands off China. But China is not wasting a minute to expand investment, business cooperation, development cooperation. What is China seeking there? Well, we do have this this uh, narrative of fear mongering in the United States. We saw this incredibly false story that was published in the Wall Street Journal a few days ago about an alleged uh, uh, Chinese military presence in Cuba that that turned out to be false, and even the Department of Defense came out against that. So there is this uh, this right wing or this neoconservative or or, or neoliberal movement in the U.S. That, that fears any sort of entrance of China into uh, the Western Hemisphere. But let's be clear: the U.S. has a military presence in Honduras at the Sotocano uh, Air Base of of uh, 1,200 to 1,500 troops. Uh, but the bottom line is more Chinese investment, more Chinese purchases of Honduran goods. These pose no threats to the U.S. In fact, helping uh, to mitigate poverty there will strengthen the government, help against the gang war, and decrease uh, migration towards the U.S., which is the U.S.'s uh, leading concern when it comes to Honduras. Uh, but, uh, you know, we are in this, unfortunately, this zero-sum narrative uh, of this new Cold War language that we're hearing. Yeah, uh, Professor Mahoney, let me, yeah, sorry to interrupt. I'm really curious if the United States wants to compete with China in terms of winning hearts um, to help people out of poverty. Why does the United States not invest in opportunity in development projects in, in Latin America? Well, the United States is having a hard time develop, uh, investing in its own development, its own redevelopment right now. Uh, the U.S. is highly polarized. We don't see consistency from one administration to the next in terms of policy towards uh, even uh, the near neighbors of the United States, including Honduras. So I think that uh, Honduras is looking for stability, long-term investment, and that's something that Beijing can provide, certainly through organizations yeah. like the BRICS, the NDB, and the uh, BRI. Mm. All right. We are going to leave it there. Many thanks to my guest, uh, Renato Penelope. Joining us from Wuhan, Mr. Niu Haibing and Joseph Mahoney joining us from Shanghai. With that, we come to the end of this special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Liu Xin in Beijing. You've got The Point.